but you build it back up by feeling that feeling and you got to do it every single day sometimes two or three or four times a day just so you can get familiar with that feeling because what you're doing is telling the universe god whatever buddha allah whoever you believe in you're telling your higher power you're telling yourself as well as your higher power what you are looking for have you ever felt completely stressed out because you're working so hard to reach your goals. You're working so hard to scale your business or increase your revenue or get the car, get the house, do all these things because you have these great goals that you want to achieve. But even when you achieve them, you still feel stressed out. And and every time you get there, you're like, okay, what's next? What's next? I know that I've definitely been there and I would guess that you've been there too. And it's why I really wanted to have my guest today on the show because we really redefine what wealth and success actually is and how to turn money into meaning. Today's guest is Kene Corder, and she is the founder of Presidential Lifestyle. She's a best-selling author and a psychotherapist specializing in financial therapy. If you've never heard of financial therapy, we're talking all about it today, and it's pretty amazing, and I think you're going to want to dive right into what Kene has to offer. She's an expert on stress management and midlife crisis. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize this, it, it was like this uh, stuff that I'd never even heard of before when it comes to midlife crisis and typically what happens to a man and a woman. So listen out for that because it kind of blew my mind and, and made me see things in a, in a different light. Um, Kanae has been featured on Oprah, Good Morning America, E! Channel, Entertainment Tonight, various print media entities like Elle, Marie Claire, TV Guide, People Magazine, the list goes on. Um, the interesting thing, and she'll tell her story, but she spent over 15 years in financial services before making the shift to financial therapy. And you probably know this, but money is still the number one reason that couples will get divorced. And so Kanae has really dedicated her whole life to helping people redefine the idea of, of money and wealth. And that's what she does with her company, Presidential Lifestyle. And she's really passionate about getting people to find more meaning in their lives. And we talk about just how you can do that. And it's, it's really what I wanted to focus on, especially right now, because people are having, you know, different shifts in, in their life and they are feeling some sort of, Oh my gosh, what is, what is my purpose? What is the purpose of, of my business? What is the purpose of my life? What I want to feel good. I want to have meaning. And we talk about, all of those things and how she helps people to get there. And what I love about Kine is that we're talking about some serious topics. And I think people might feel a little bit like, oh, I don't want to have to do all of this work and have to feel all of these emotions. And that's so icky, but she has such a a very uplifting way. And, and you'll hear her process in the interview. She first of all, just has this uplifting manner about herself. She's, she's this incredible, bright energy and full of, of laughs, even when talking about serious things. She has her own stories that she shares, shares with us, which I'm, I'm so grateful to. And we really go backstage on money and, and the meaning of, of money and wealth. And of course our life. And, and we talk about, you know, this American dream that people are fighting so hard to have, but what really is that. So I'm really excited for you to hear this. And I know, I really know that you're going to walk away with so many great takeaways. Kene, welcome to the show. I'm so, so grateful that you're here with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so, I'm excited. This is so great because I love when I get to do interviews where I'm going to learn a ton. My audience is going to learn with me. Um, and when it's just so timely. I mean, the work that you do is always timely, but there's this extra 
extra timeliness <laughs> right now. And so I'm just so, so happy that you're here. Um, so before we get into all of, all of this good stuff, can you give a little bit of a background on who you are, the work that you do, and, and your genius? Okay, so I usually say one certain thing, but something is telling me that your audience wants to hear something different. So what I am is one of these like multi-talented, I can do anything you put in front of me. And so it's been the, the, the best thing in my life, but it's also been the worst thing in my life. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah, so I've been through quite a few businesses. Um, I was raised to be an entrepreneur. My, my parents, my story is my parents both had jobs and they both got laid off in the same year and it just changed our family. You know, we went from two six-figure incomes to unemployment and using 401k to start the, their business and they started their business and then they raised us to have our business. So me, my brother, and me, all of us, all of the children are entrepreneurs. So um, I started out in the beauty industry. My sister was a hairstylist and I knew I didn't want to be a hairstylist. And I was like, eh, that's not, not my thing. Cause I was such more, more of like a tomboy. I had like all this testosterone. So I decided to become a barber. So I became a barber. Oh, wow. I did that for a while, loved it, but I got bored. And then someone introduced finance to me and I was like, hmm. Well, what I should say is my actual degree is in television production. So I did do that for a couple of years, but it was so much fluctuation. And you know, your favorite show gets canceled. You, you love a show and the next thing you know, it's canceled. Well, just think about all the people who are working on that set. It's canceled for them as well. Yeah. So I got tired of that fluctuation. And so I went in, because all my friends were hairstylists and barbers. So I went and got my barber's license. I did that for quite a few years. Loved it, was very good at it, like really good at it, but I was bored. It was just not what I was meant to do. And so I just started searching for purpose and meaning. And, and I'm like, okay, how can you be good at something, but just like not like it? That was just weird. And, and everybody around me knew what they wanted to be when they grew up, so to speak. You know how we ask children, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, all the people knew. And I was like, um, rich? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, you've got to know more than that, Kanae. And I'm like, okay, I want to be rich by helping people. They're like, oh, uh, that narrows it down. <laughs> oh my gosh, I so hear this. <laughs> so, so I kind of jumped, you know, careers and, and jumped businesses. Then that's the great thing about being an entrepreneur. You don't have to wait for a promotion. You can promote yourself. And so as my business pivoted and pivoted, um, I ended up in finance just because a friend of mine gave me a great idea and that's all I need is a good idea and I'm off. And so we started a company together. We did every, I basically sold everything that had a dollar sign associated with it at one wow. point. So everything that had to do with finance, I've done it. And then I just felt like I needed to make a bigger difference. Like people would come into my office and they needed help with more than just stock picks and a financial plan. They, they needed, they had trauma and anxiety and couples would come and argue in my office. And I was like, oh, I am part of the problem. I am not offering a solution here. Yeah. And that became like daunting and, and tiring. And I just didn't like the work that I was doing anymore. So I started looking at what was next. And I found behavioral finance and financial therapy and and it really became clear to me that that was like this American dream that we were all rushing to, that we were like, once we got there, we were like, oh, this is it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, it looks so much bigger on TV. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. So that was when I made the shift to therapy and I said, you know, let me, let me get into the mindsets of these entrepreneurs or these, sometimes it's, you know, a CEO that works for a company. Sometimes it's just a, 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 a really hardworking American or most of the people I work with are American. And so it's like this really hardworking American who 
it just wants the American dream. You know, they they want the house, they want the kids, they want the marriage, they 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 want the stuff. You know, and but they also want the meaning and the happiness, and they just weren't getting it. And they had built these like stellar resumes. Those are the people that I work with. These people with stellar resumes, but there's still something missing in their lives. And so, as a therapist or counselor, uh, more importantly, as a hypnotherapist, I go down into the subconscious brain and I help people figure out what is blocking them for their full potential. And what's scary to a high achiever is that everybody around them thinks they have reached their highest potential, but they know there's more inside of them and they just can't figure out how to tap into it. So the work that I do is to open up is what I call it, because it's all there already inside of you. You just got to open it up so you can let it out. And that's my job. Yes. Oh my gosh. So can we talk about the symptoms of this, you know, if we're talking about this particular CEO or the, the common traits of the CEO who mostly is like, well, happiness, you know, I, I have this many dollar signs in my bank account, or I have, you know, this color house or wh- whatever mm-hmm, it is. Like, mm-hmm. what, are, what are those symptoms so that, because what I want is for people, because I think some people feel that there's something missing, but they're not even aware of why there's that feeling. And so I kind of want to go through that journey of like, where you might be, do you relate to this? And then what does it look like on the other side? Like how, because it's fascinating that there is, that there is like a therapy related to finance. Do you know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Fascinating thing Mm -hmm. because most people don't put those two together. It's like, no, there's mental health and then there's the money I make. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's so strange because money is the number one cause of stress. Like all of the studies have shown that money is the number one cause of stress, whether you have it or not, you can have a million dollars. You're still trying to get two. you know, you can have $20 million. You're still trying to get a hundred. All the friends around you, you bought the, you bought the house in the, in the neighborhood you want to live in, but those people make hundreds of millions. And then you're like, Oh shoot, I'm never going to measure up. So no matter how much money you get, you're always trying to chase the next dollar. And so it begins to stress you out. Now, let me go back though, Summer. So it's, these are symptoms and almost like stages, kind of like how cancer comes in the stage and then you got like, get the stage one and nobody really catches it in stage one, rarely. It's like this, you three and four when they started to finally catch it because the symptoms get just that bad. And that's what it's like. So from zero to seven years old, Really, we're putting our money beliefs in place and how we think we're going to relate to money. We don't know that we are because we're so young, but zero to seven is when we really put all things in place. All of our belief system gets put in place between zero and seven. Now, I mean, in the womb to about seven years old, and some people even say five. So if you think about the decisions we make, a lot of times are like seven-year-olds, sometimes five-year-olds. And so those symptoms really started then. And then from seven to 14, about, you started to like prove, you had a hypothesis and then you started to prove that and you looked for evidence for it and you found it. So say at seven years old, you're like, I'm going to be a fireman because firemen have flexibility and they, they save lives. And they get to go on trips because I saw a fireman and he told me he went on a vacation and that's what I want to be, right? And then you start looking for evidence of how cool it is to be a fireman. Oh, and look, and that fireman has a pretty wife. I know I'm going to be a fireman now. And he bought a house. Yes, fireman, that's what I'm going to be. So you start proving, 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 proving. And then 14 to 21, you, you are scanning the world to solidify that just to solidify it. Now you might not become a fireman, but whatever you had in mind as to what it looked like to be a fireman, now you're trying to recreate that. You're putting that into your life. Now, a lot of this is programming because society will tell you, go to school, get a good job, get married, have a baby, buy a house, you know, all the things in this order, do it. If you don't, then what's wrong with you? Like, what? You're not going to have any kids? Oh, you're such a selfish person, right? And so all these things coming at you and you're like, well, I just better stick with the American dream because if I don't, then everybody's going to look at me like there's something wrong with me. And the reason is because of this one statement that parents don't know that they're doing, but it's the most harmful statement ever. And that is because I said so. Yeah. And 
that is when if we if from zero to seven your parents are saying because i said do that because i said so do that because i said so then you get it marked in your head that you need to listen to an outside voice and from zero zero to seven that is your parents maybe you're your caretaker i should say you know it might be someone else but it's your caretaker and then from seven to fourteen mommy's voice is not that important anymore. It's like, oh, the kid's on the playground. And then when you go to high school, it's like, oh, I got to show up for these kids in, you know, senior square or whatever. That's what it was called at my um, high school, senior square. Everybody, you went past senior square, you had to be on point, whatever you make sure your clothes look good. You're walking tall. Senior square, if you go through senior square, you know you're going to get clowned if you're not on point. So... So you're trying to get all dressed for senior square, right? Because you want those other people to like you because because I said so. So I want to wrap this up so that they see the symptoms. So the symptoms just come really early. And the first thing is that you put this idea in place and it's usually passed down to you. And then once you put that idea in place, you find it hard to let go of it, but it's not fulfilling you. Yet, you still keep doing it because you can't figure out what else to do because it has to be right. All these other people can't be wrong and I must be the crazy one. So you start to question yourself rather than questioning the status quo or society's programming. And then your spirit or your soul or whatever you believe in is that internal thing inside of you is for me is intuition or gut. It starts to talk to you and it's like, we got to get out of here. Like, I can't do this anymore. And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. This brings us money. And you're like, yeah, that money, we can get it from somewhere else. No, we couldn't because everybody knows you can't be a writer and make money. Everybody knows you can't be a painter and make money. Like, come on now. I'm not doing that. And your gut is like, all right, you don't have to do it, but I'm doing it. <laughs> Nervous yeah. breakdown. Yep. And for men, it looks like a midlife crisis a lot of times. And for women, it looks like, it looks like a nervous breakdown. For women, it can come earlier, like around, for women that we get like two of them, around 30 years old, we get a crash and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I didn't get married, I didn't have kids, I didn't follow all the you know rules or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm just floating out here, I'm terrible, I'm a horrible person. And then if we resolve that, then right around 40, just before 40, about 38 years old, we get a second little blast. And it could last up to two years. It could be as short as six months. But we start to question ourselves and question ourselves. And we're like, what am I doing? How am I doing it? Why am I, why am I doing it? And what is this? And who am I? And all of these questions come up. And then at 40, this beautiful, like, oh, this like layer of dew just falls over you. And you just don't care anymore. I don't know if that cares, but that's just the real statement I want to say. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. And, but for men, it comes a little later as, as normal, you know, men develop a slower than women. And so it comes a little later, usually somewhere around 35. Now it used to be later in life for men, but nowadays the millennials are, it's hitting them a little earlier. So 35 to about 50, a man is going to go through that midlife crisis where he's just going to start questioning things. And it usually looks like, especially in, in wealthy white males, it looks like I'm buying a, a sports car. I am dating, you know, a 20 year old. It's like I'm doing all the things that I really wanted to do back when I was a kid. Now I'm going to start doing them. I'm going to buy that car that I always had my eye on. I'm going to date that woman that I always had my eye on. Forget that she's 30 years younger than I am. Like, that's not the point here. I just need to feel better. And so it looks like making these real, what looks like bad decisions, they're not to you and your subconscious brain. So the subconscious brain is fulfillment. And, but to the world, it looks like really bad decisions. Like really, you've been married 30 years and you're going to leave your wife. Right. (laughs) It's like, you're irrational. You're crazy. What's happening? Yeah. And really what he's looking for is just meaning. Meaning. What what she's looking for is just meaning. Yeah. So that was like a really long answer, but I wanted them to get a sense of the progression. Because you don't wake up one morning and just question all your shit. Right. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think so many people, yeah. And so many people 
so many people relate to this, whether they're admitting to it out loud or inside. <laughs> it's like, yes, yes. So then what are, in, in the work that you do, like what, how do we shift this? Because like you said, the, the solution is to find that meaning, mm-hmm. but how? So it's there, it's inside of you. So there's one, there are two ways. So one way is the long way. You can do it on your own. You absolutely can do it on your own, but it does take longer to do it on your own. The other way is to find a guide, you know, like a Yoda, like Yoda, Luke Skywalker, how to find the force. The force was inside of him. He would have found it on his own eventually, but Yoda just made that journey a little faster and a little uh, more insightful. So you can find a guide, you know, someone like me, I use hypnotherapy to get down to the subconscious brain. And what we do is we kind of go back to zero and seven, zero to seven years old is where all the stuff happened, good or bad. It's like your programming happened then. So let's go back there. Let's capture that. Let's, what was that feeling? What was it that you were, what was the feeling that you want to get to? Because What's happening is we're chasing that feeling. It's almost like drugs. You know how they say like you you use one drug and then you're trying to get that feeling. And so then you kind of like, okay, that drug won't do it. And then you go on to the next drug. Well, that's yes. what we do in life. We just like, okay, that girl won't do it. I'm going on to the next girl. Oh, that guy won't do it. I'm going on to the next guy. You know, that car wouldn't do it. I'm going on to the next car. And we're just like chasing this feeling. Now, zero to seven was when that feeling got put in place. So we need to go back there to feel what it really feels like. And once we can capture it, and it feels a lot like gratitude. Like, have you ever just been so thankful for something? Like, That's the best feeling ever. Yes. There's really, I'm going to see if I can shorten this story really quickly. I moved to Nevada um, last year. And on my road, on my way, I drove from Georgia to Nevada. And there was a five-car accident that I was technically involved in. Of the five cars, everybody's car was like trashed, except mine. I was completely, the car that was barreling down the road happened to just go around me. And then instead, like I stopped just in time. I swerved over not to hit the person in front of me. Like all these things happened and I watched it in slow motion, like a movie happened all around me. But because... I had played in my mind what I was going to do because I promised my mother because she did not want me to drive. (laughs) So I promised my mother I was going to be safe. And so I had already practiced in my mind, like, okay, so if something happens, I'm going to swerve over here. I I saw like my, those narrow side of the road that I could like, okay, as long as you get here, you'll be safe. Like I played it out in my mind. And so we talk about mindset and visualization. I had already played it out in my mind. So when it went down and I didn't know it was going to go down, but I promised my mom, no matter freaking what, I'm going to be safe when when I'm getting to Nevada. And so I was keeping my promise. So when it went down, I played it out just exactly the way I played it out in my head. And the only thing I could do was like breathe at that moment. I was like, oh. Oh, like, yeah, like it was nobody there to hug. <laughs> it was just me in the car, but I was like, oh my God, I'm safe. Like, yeah. I was looking at my arms and my hands and my legs and I was like, oh my God, I made it. And it was just like, just best feeling, like the most gratitude ever. And, and, and uh, um, it just so happened that there was a state police on the road at the time and he was checking everybody to see, and he came over to me. He was like, you are so blessed. And I was like, I know, right? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) It's like an epiphany that happens. And I think, you know, a lot of us have had those moments and all of a sudden you see things so differently in every day. Like the trees are greener. The like, you know what I mean? You just have this massive appreciation, which is literally the best feeling ever. Yes. And so if you can tap into that feeling, that's really what you're trying to find. And you got to tap into the feeling, right? So that you're familiar with it. And it started when you're younger, you had it. We all have it. We just, it yeah. just gets chipped away at, or it gets, for women, it gets chipped away at. And for men, it gets piled on. Like a bunch of stuff just gets piled on. Responsibility, you know, all of that stuff, that manhood stuff gets yes. piled on. And for women, it just gets chipped away because people come and they take and take and take and take. And we're so generous and nurturing and you know, we give, 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 and then we have nothing left. And so right. it gets chipped away at. 
And so you can't even find it anymore. And it's just like this little bitty crumb left inside of you and you got to build it back up, but you build it back up by feeling that feeling. And you got to do it every single day, sometimes two or three or four times a day, just so you can get familiar with that feeling. Because what you're doing is telling the universe, God, whatever, Buddha, Allah, whoever you believe in, you're telling your higher power, you're telling yourself as well as your higher power, what you are looking for. You don't have to know what color hair this woman or man is going to have. You don't know what height. You don't need to know what what size engine this car is going to have. All you have to do is get that feeling. Know that feeling. Get so familiar with it. Because when you go test drive that car, you're going to know. This ain't it. When you Mm -hmm. go interview for that job, this ain't it. When you go start that business, this ain't it. Because you know how it feels. Now, whether you do that thing or not, that job might get you to the feeling. So it may be the gateway drug. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. You just have to know and keep that, keep the main thing, the main thing. And then say, but this is the way to the feeling. And so I'm going to take this car to get to the next car. Because sometimes we want to jump over and we end up falling in the ditch because the gap was too big. We hadn't closed the gap yet. Right. So as we're talking about this, you know, and, and you're discovering as people are going through the journey of, of finding that meaning that already is within them, mm-hmm. how does that then redefine what wealth is? You know, like going back to your like, I want to be rich. <laughs> yeah. Like, how does that redefine what that actually means? That's a great question. So here's what that meant for me. And then this may help people uncover it or discover it for themselves. So to me, rich or wealthy or prosperous or, you know, whatever word you use, right? Because we all use different words. So for me, that meant I could do anything I wanted to do, right? I have enough money to do all the things that come to my mind. If I say, huh, I want to go to New York this morning, I could do it. And so it meant freedom for me. That's Mm -hmm. what rich, so to speak, meant to me. And so look at the other part of that. I say helping people. I want to get rich by helping people. That looks like counseling. That looks like therapy. And so when you can put those two together, ah, freedom. And for me, it's sort of like this responsibility. I have this responsibility. I heal. I know how to heal. And so I'm not going to just hold on to that. No, I'm spreading that all over the world. And the great thing is I can teach other people some of it. I can't teach my innate, like inborn skills, but the program that I created, I can teach other people. And I teach doctors, or I should say wellness professionals. I teach wellness professionals how to spread this too, because I can't do it on my own. So I'm helping people. And then I'm helping helpers help people. Because there were other people who said they wanted to be rich and by helping people. I wasn't the only one who said it. And so- you kind of put those that, you know, that's what I said about the gap hasn't been filled yet, but I had to do all that other stuff. Take going back to what we, how we started this conversation. I had to be a hairstylist because while I was a barber, I just listened, 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 listened. And that was my first counseling job. You know, while I was in finance, I was strategizing, 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 strategizing. And that's how I'm helping people bridge that gap and, and pull that meaning in their lives. Like all the things I did culminated into what I do right now. At The Draw Shop, we are known for creating messages that convert, whether it's copy we're writing, video we're producing, or images we are illustrating. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably ready to move the needle in your business. So we created something free for you that you can learn in the amount of time it takes you to drink a half a cup of coffee. It's a 10-minute quick win for your landing pages. And what you will learn when you download this free guide will not only impact the effectiveness of your landing pages, but it's also going to impact the behavior of your visitors and shift the way you market to your audience altogether. So if you're ready to learn what most marketers ignore, how to quickly fix the top reasons people click away from your landing pages, then download your 10 minute quick read now by hitting the link in the show notes for this episode, or just heading over to thedrawshop.com forward slash six reasons. That's the number six, thedrawshop.com forward slash six reasons, and you'll be on your way to increasing your site conversion rates and growing your business. Okay, back to the episode. But the last thing I want to say too is let go of the judgment. Like 
if I was judging myself for being a barber for all those years or being a, a financial advisor for all those years and doing all the things, because don't get it twisted. It was a whole bunch of little stuff that happened in between those years of doing those things. And the entrepreneurs, you feel me. I know you hear me. Forget all about that judgment. Like do what you have to do in order to get there. The debt, forget about it. I know society tells you don't have any debt. Screw that. American Express was my best friend. I was like, where's my American Express? <laughs> this business needs to grow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do what you have to do. You just need to stay alive. The winners, the difference between the winners and the losers, the winners stayed alive. Yeah. Now, a lot of people are going to tell you all about the hard work and blah, blah, blah. They strategize and they were so smart and blah, 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 blah. yeah, whatever. They stayed alive. They let yeah. everybody around them die and they stayed alive. That is how you win. Just I don't be, that. just don't fall. Just keep right. going. Exactly. Exactly. I or love get that. get back so up much. even if you do. Right? Exactly. I was going to say you fall, but you get back up. You're not knocked out. Mm-hmm. You're just, mm-hmm. you're just down for a little bit. Exactly. I love the, I love the no judgment because so many people, I mean, if you think about everything that you've talked about is, it is that worrying about what other people think. Oh, these people have this. I should, I should have that too. They're making yeah. this much money. I should be making that much money. Yeah. And then really those people probably really don't care. <laughs> like They don't care at all about you. It's more about how you're turning that into judgment for yourself, yeah. which is the, is the toughest, the toughest thing. What are some of the things that you like, if you can share anonymously, mm-hmm. of course, but the people that you've worked with that have discovered were the blocks, the blocks to seeing that meaning or the blocks to, you know, f- having that fulfillment yeah. Oh, girl, summer. Oh, number <laughs> one. There are two things that I see so very often. So let me tell you the first one, but it's a secondary. So anger, 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 and resentment. Anger in men, resentment in women. But anger is a secondary emotion. So is resentment. It's a secondary emotion. You felt something else before you felt the anger, whether it was disappointment, embarrassment, you know, sadness whatever, despair, whatever you felt, you felt that first. And then that drove you to anger because it wasn't resolved. Same thing with resentment. So that's a secondary emotion. The second most common thing, which really drives the other two is loneliness. That is hands down the number one thing. Now, nobody ever calls me and say, hey, I'm lonely. Can I talk to you? No, that's not the way it goes. They don't know that loneliness brought them to me, but that is the absolute number one thing that I treat is loneliness. And because of that, what people are really, it doesn't matter how many people around you, you can have nine kids, you can have have two wives, (laughs) you can still feel lonely. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you didn't create the meaning. And the meaning is that thing that you said you wanted so long ago, but you let society take it away from you. Why? Because you can't be wealthy and be a writer. You know, you can't you can't be married and do this, you know, all of those like rules and regulations and just stuff that nobody you know, you can't do it if you're a woman, you, all those things. It's like, yes, you can. But here's the thing that I want to point out to your audience that I see so much get in the way. Stop doing it for other people, right? I'm going to do it to show them. Really? That's why you don't do it? That's your why? It's like, can we, can we get a more meaningful why, please? Right. That is going to piss you off at the end when they don't care. Yes. <laughs> Because they, they don't. <laughs> oh they my gosh, that it. is so oh, true. Did, oh, you succeeded? Oh, I didn't even know. Because <laughs> I was too busy over here worried about myself and what myself was doing and who myself was with and how yep. much money myself had. <laughs> yep. I didn't know you had anything. I didn't know anything was going on with you. <laughs> I tell the story a lot. That's because when we go back and we, if we're doing something for somebody else, just going to bring up anger and resentment. That's all. That's what you're going to end up with that at the end. Not happiness, not none of that. All the words that mean happiness, bliss and utopia and greatness and confidence and none of that, none of that. You're not going to end up with any of that. It's going to be resentment. It's not going to be love. So if you want to feel loved, 
the very, very best thing you can do for yourself and the rest of the world is find a meaningful why. Yes. Is it a long, I mean, I, I can hear people asking this right now, like, well, how do I get over that anger and resentment? Like, how do I, is this a long process? What am I going to have to do? It's, you know, it's, it's there, you know, and they, and, yeah. and, and especially once they start to realize all of that's there, it's like, oh, all these emotions are, are coming up. Right. And uh, this is what I will say, shameless plug, is yeah. my program, Control the Controllable, that is what it's all about. It's designed to help you get through all of that anger and resentment. Now, you can do it without a program. You can do it on your own. But like I said earlier, it's going to take longer. You're going to need some patience. So you can either get a guide or I call it, and I call myself a guide, but I also call my program a guide. I don't call it a course because it is not a course. It really is a guide, it's step by step, to show you, oh, here's the awareness. Oh, here's the acceptance. This is what I need to accept about myself and the world and you know the people around me. And this is what I need to adjust because in, by adjusting these things, I'm going to feel more fulfilled. Oh, and these are the things that I need to have gratitude for. And these are the things that I need to ask for forgiveness for or just forgive somebody for. Oh, here's where I need to be present and just be present. Oh, and here's where I need to be curious and not have judgment and expectation. Just see what, how it unfolds. It's like all of these things play into you releasing all of the crap that got piled on top of you through society, that programming that society gave you, and you received it. So you have some, I put a lot of responsibility on society, but don't get it twisted. You also have some responsibility because you right. received it. And at some point you knew it wasn't right and your gut was telling you and you chose to keep going. And, and you gave a bunch of excuses like, well, it's too late now. I've already been in this career 10 years or it's too late now. We already bought all this stuff. We got to keep this, this thing going, right? I'm on a roller coaster now. I can't get off. Yes. And, mm hmm yeah. So I, I want them to understand that, sure, you can do it by yourself, but you're going to need a lot of patience and you're going to have to surrender. And the process won't necessarily be easy. Now, hypnotherapy makes it a lot easier. And that's why I work with so many men, because you don't really need to go through a lot of emotional stuff. You might 15 minutes of emotions rather than 15 months of yes. emotions like therapy can be. Right. So you can get to healing without insight. Like you don't have to unpack all the reasons why you don't have to remember all the trauma. All you know is the trauma happened. Trauma happened. Yeah. You ready to feel better? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Like that's what hypnotherapy is for my patients, the way that I do it, because I do brain-based hypnotherapy. I'm going straight to the cause because it's in your brain. Your brain sends it to your body to let you know something is not right. That's why your knee is hurting. I'm trying to get your attention. That's why your back is hurting. I'm trying to get your attention. That's why you have a stomach ache every time you eat. I'm trying to get your attention. The brain can't talk to you any other way but to send you some pain. And so that's how it gets your attention sends you the pain, and then you end up at the doctor. The doctor says, oh, you need to talk to Kene. And then you and I will work together successfully to release that anger, that resentment, the loneliness, all the things that have been holding you back because that's what's in the way. It's not that you have, you're not working hard enough. You are working hard enough, probably yeah. way too hard. Yeah. Yeah. And what's in the way is all of that emotional baggage that's keeping you from being calm and cool and what I call calm optimal. Like you can go to calm optimal brain state anytime you want once you gain self mastery, but you get so triggered by the thing that they said that your father used to say to you, right? So my, my daughter says to my grandson all the time, like, be quiet, be quiet. Like, He's a, he's a loud kid. He's a boy. He's, I said, be quiet, be quiet. And I said, you are going to send him to, you're going to have him be triggered. Like his girlfriend is going to tell him one day, be quiet. And he's going to freak out on her. He's going to be like, don't tell me to be quiet. Cause you <laughs> and so I'm like, don't program that into his head because he's going to get in his head that he is supposed to be silent. And then if somebody says, be quiet to him, he's going to, it's going to trigger him and he's going to freak out. And it could happen yep. in the meeting, it can happen in his relationship, you know, it can happen, whatever, but he will sabotage, he will sabotage his work. So 
little things like that are stuck inside of us. And we say, I mean, they're little, but they're big. I tell this story all the time about how I, my mom, she wanted this specific drink and it only came from this one place. And we go to the one place and I'm holding the drinks and the dogs jump. We had three dogs at the time and they jump up on me and I drop the drink. And she had been talking about this drink all day long. And I just felt like such a failure in that moment. And I was like, Oh my God, I totally disappointed my mom. And the dogs are licking the drink up off the ground. And I'm like, oh. she don't even remember this story. <laughs> she doesn't even remember it. It was no, uh, traumatic for you though. Exactly. <laughs> I can still see the dogs. I still see. Oh. <laughs> but but I, when I told her this story, I was like, this is when I became like a perfectionist. This is when I was like, I will never disappoint my mother. I would never disappoint anyone, not myself. I, I won't be perfect. Like, I wow. won't mess up anymore. Right. And she's like, what? What? Where was? What? But she had Omar. It was called Omar juice. She had Omar juice all the time. So this one Saturday that she didn't get her Omar juice because I dropped it meant nothing to her, but it meant everything to me. So those little things like that stay lodged in our brains and they run a program i call it like a jukebox you know the music is just playing and playing and playing you just can't stop it well eventually i'll give you the skills to choose the music you want to play in the background so that you do have self-mastery you can control the controllables because we spend a lot of time trying to control things we don't control the past the future you way in the future you don't have control of the future it's not even happened yet it's probably not even going to happen the way you thought it was going to happen you know why because you weren't present if you yeah. the very best thing you can do for the future is to be completely present that's the gift you give yourself in the future is to be present Oh my gosh. I love this so much. So before, cause I know everybody's like, where do I find this program? How do I work with Kine? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm going to tell, I'm, I want to tell them all of that, but I kind I want to give them a flavor of what's it like after you do this work? Like, what does that transformation look like? Oh my goodness. I'm right. It is so peaceful and calming like things that used to trigger you you they just don't anymore and you don't know why and you don't always notice it first other people notice it they'll say like uh -uh. normally you would have responded like this but you you didn't do that like wives or husbands or you know mothers you know kids even will start to notice that about you and so then you notice it about you and you're like oh my gosh i would have doesn't even matter anymore like the amount of care you have or i don't know if you've seen that youtube video that um ted talk where she's like give zero f-u-c-k's and so you start giving so, such less of them you're just like oh i don't even care about that and it's a pro it's a process and some some things will fall off very quickly other things will linger like i have a program to work hard and i if things are not going my way if i get into a an argument with my boyfriend, if, if my best friend is busy and I can't talk to her, then I'm like, I know what to do, work. Work makes everything better. <laughs> not true. <laughs> not right. <laughs> not true. <laughs> Program in my head. That's how I feel safe. I feel safe by working. I don't know what it is. I do know what it is, but it's just my way of reacting. And I'm still working on that. I see myself doing it. I'm like, little girl. That's how I talk to myself. Little girl, don't go do that. Because that's the little girl that's doing that. It's not the adult me. It's the little girl in me who's like, oh, I better go work. And just, so make sure I don't drop mommy's drink again. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, perfect. And so I go into work mode and I know this about myself. So what I do, instead of going into work mode, I'll say, okay, you got two hours. Get as much as you can, do can get done, done. And then go play. Like go play over here at the pool. Go play with grandson go play like I I give myself a thing to do and so and and I call that person so this is a little tip so write this down so let's say I have a friend Leia Leia is really good at scheduling with me so not every friend is gonna like doing this so I know that if I tell myself you're only working three hours today so I will schedule a call with Leia at the time that I'm supposed to stop because I know Leia is going to call me at that time work must stop so I, I'm, that's like an accountability, but it's fun to talk to Leia. Like we go deep. Like I know our conversation is going to be robust. We're not going to be talking about the weather and it, nonsense. We're going to be like, so girl, 
Let me tell you. Oh, how would you think about this? And did you see this video? And blah, blah, blah. Oh, and did you see this program that so-and-so created? Isn't it just dope? You know, like we're going to go deep. And so that's how I forced myself not to go into work mode. Because if I didn't schedule that call with Leia, I would work and work and work. It'd be the wee hours of the night, I'd like ordering the food to come to the house so I don't have to stop and cook. I will work and work and work. That is my response. And so once you know your response, that's the awareness. That was step one in the control, the controllable program. Know your reactions. Just get really familiar with them. Don't judge them. Just notice them. And then first, you don't even have to do anything to change them. Just notice them. So go ahead and work your bones off, you know, just do it. But just notice at the end how you feel. Do you feel that feeling that I talked about earlier? Right. No, you don't. You're like, oh, it feels crappy. I'm tired. I don't even know what I did today. <laughs> did I accomplish anything? All I did was work, work, work. I was supposed to talk to Leah and I didn't even do that, you know? And so you feel that feeling. It's not the feeling you're trying to feel. And you go, okay. All right, little girl. You see how that didn't work? Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. What would you like to do next time? Uh, maybe next time I'll schedule a call with Leia. I'll only work three hours. Maybe we'll go to the pool, you know. Okay, yeah, that sounds fun. How about doing that? Okay, that's what I'll do. And so don't get down on yourself. Just say, what will you, what will you do next time? And here's a question that I ask so often, and this is a powerful question. What would it take? And then finish that, right? What would it take for me not to work until the wee hours of the night? I know the answer. I need Fran. I need Leia. I need my grandson. I need something powerful, you know, meaningful to get me out of work mode. And so just ask, what would it take? What would it take? And you can ask that question in so many different places. It is such a powerful question. It helps you out so much. So keep that one real close to your heart, your head even, because that's where you really need it. When you get in your head, you got to go to what would it take? Because it'll help you get down to the facts. I love that. I love that. So many good tips. And we'll have these noted in our show notes. So in case you're driving and listening and weren't able to write them down. So great. I love stuff like that. It's like just really like great go-tos. I do, yeah, I'm, right. Oh, so good. Okay. So now where you, you've talked about your program, I, w- I just want to know all the places where people mm-hmm. can go to to learn more about you, but also to get their hands on this program. Is it available? Can they do this? You know, okay, awesome. (laughs) Yes. So the first place, let's talk about the program. So Control the Controllable, you can get on my website, presidentiallifestyle.com. Also, while you're there, if you're like, you know, she she was talking, she sounds like she knows what she's talking about, but I'm just not sure yet. And you need a little bit more time. You can also have a free training. It's a money quiz and and guide, and it'll help you understand how you use money to get love, give and receive love. And so it's called the money mentality guide. And money mentality is like your money personality, basically. And so when you go to presidentiallifestyle.com, you'll see those two options. Now, I do have an option specifically for healers, and that's called the presidential experience. And the presidential experience is a private club for healers who just want to know a little bit more, more techniques, like these little questions that they can ask themselves or teach to their patients because the resistance is real. And as a doctor or a healer, the biggest thing in your way is that that block that your patient has. You want them to heal. They want to heal, but you don't have the tools or the skills to get them past that block. And so I I give a lot of these tools. You don't have to be a hypnotherapist to do all the things that I teach. Some of the things that I teach, you can just do it. Just, you can do it yourself personally, but as a doctor, you can pass it on to your patients as well, or do it in office with your patients. So those are the three things you're going to see on the website. Outside of the website, if you're like, I just want to hang out with you for free then you'll probably go to Instagram if you want to see the sillier side of me. I was really serious today and I was a little preachy, but if you know, you weren't, you know what you you're so it's, you're talking about something serious, but you have such a light energy and fun energy about it that it's like, Oh my gosh, I want to do this. (laughs) And that's what I like to make it because a lot of what I'm talking about is trauma. This is trauma for most of us. And those traumatic experiences, me dropping that Omar juice was traumatic for me. You know, I don't yeah. care how silly it sounds. It was traumatic. But there's so much deeper 
trauma, even from there, that could also trigger. And so that's what we're up against. We're up against our traumatic and our trauma, our traumatic experiences and our trauma. And so I just bring light because healing, laughter is healing. And so if you can laugh about it, you can let it go because it is not serving you. And on Instagram, we'll have some fun. Like you'll see me hanging out at the pool. I talked about that a couple of times. You'll see my daughter and I, my boyfriend and I, my son, like I do son. I'm in a relationship. He has a son. I have twin daughters. And so now we have this blended family. So we're, we're working it out and we're kind of chronicling the journey on Instagram. So you can get in our business a little bit, but not too much because I'm, a little bit private, kind of, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm personal, but not intimate. Like, you're not going to get too deep in, in our stuff. But we'll show you some stuff. And the real stuff. Like, I'll, talk, I'll tell you how hard it is. Because it is very difficult. But it's also very rewarding. And so that's the stuff we talk about on Instagram. But on LinkedIn, it's like more professional. That's why I reach out to my doctors. I interact with them. Um, and also my CEOs. Because my actual end user, the person I sit in a room with, and when I say in a room, I'm in a virtual room. The person I sit in the room with is usually that high achiever who has worked so hard, just like me, thinking that it was going to turn out the way they wanted to, and it just didn't. And I help that person find meaning, turn that money into meaning, because usually they have money. They're not worried about money. That's not what this person that I work with is worried about. They're more so worried about how am I going to make a difference, be significant, contribute to something. I feel like a loser. I just want to win. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Everybody else around them looks at them and thinks they're winners, but that's just not who they see in the mirror. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. So true. Wow. You, you just dumped so much genius and awesomeness on us. It's so good. It's so, so good. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, this is so great. I'm going to go do the quiz. I'm going to do all the things that you listed because I'm not I'm like, yes, I'm in like my hand right now. You can't see it, but I'm like raising my hand like, yes. Oh my gosh. You're so, you're so incredible. You're, you're such an inspiration. Um, I just related to everything that you, that you shared. I'm so grateful. Thank you so, so much for, for being with us today. And again, we'll have links to everything that Kanae talked about in, in the show notes. So you won't miss any of it. It's all there. And thank you so, so much for, for being here. But you know what, let me say thank you to you because there is nothing that brings me more pleasure than being able to come on a podcast. But if you didn't have a podcast, what would I be doing today right now? <laughs> I was not finding See? me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You just made my day. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you. Real quick before I go, have you left me a rating and a review yet? I want to make sure that I keep bringing you more of the topics you want to hear. So will you do me a favor and head on over to wherever you're listening on this podcast and let me know what you thought about this episode. Just scroll to the bottom, click on how many stars, five would be amazing, and then click write a review. Oh, and when you do you'll be entered to win a $500 gift card to the draw shop that I will choose on the first Monday of every month.